were you when you first heard? Every generation seems to have their version of that question. Where were you when the space shuttle Challenger exploded, or on 9-11, or when men walked on the moon? Those moments not only bring us back to a specific time and place, they're also inscribed on our minds as they were recorded and then seen repeatedly. An orange flash in the distant sky, the impossible plane impossibly flying horizontally into the perfectly vertical building, Armstrong and Aldrin bouncing like marionettes. For many people, though, that question can mean only one event, one year, one day. Even many decades on, it resonates, saddens, infuriates, and confuses. And while there are many accounts and images from that day, and myriad explanations and theories about what those accounts and images mean, one stands out. A film that's silent, yet which has spoken to so many, recording the moment at which an era ended, the reservoir of memory and lodestone of controversy to this very day. A document that changed the world, a film of the assassination of President John Kennedy, taken by Abraham Zapruder in Dallas, Texas, 1963. I'm Joe Janes of the University of Washington Information School. It almost didn't happen. Abraham Zapruder, Russian immigrant, Kennedy fan, and owner of Jennifer Jr.'s, a dressmaking business in Dallas, left his movie camera at home that November morning. The day had dawned cloudy, and it looked like a bad day for filming, but then it cleared, so he went home to get it. And since the view from his office window was kind of poor, he went outside, trying several angles before perching himself and his Bell & Howell 8mm Model 414 PD camera, serial number AS13486, on a concrete block, about 65 feet from the middle of Elm Street, his secretary steadying him from behind because of his vertigo. Then, at 12.30, the motorcade came by. And then, it's little surprise that we know all these minor little details about the Zapruder film. If it's not the most scrutinized motion picture ever made, it must have the greatest ratio of eyeballs to frames of all time. In reality, it's barely a film at all. Only 486 frames, not counting the family scenes and test shots at the beginning, covering just 26.6 seconds. That's assuming that you believe the official timing based on analysis of the camera speed, one of hundreds of details that at least somebody disputes about every aspect of the Kennedy assassination investigations. Researching this is an exercise in know your sources. Lots of seemingly responsible-looking works turn out to be deeply conspiratorial at heart, and almost anything here will get you an argument. Zapruder witnessed the assassination through his viewfinder, in fact magnified by a telephoto lens, and his film is the only known complete recording of it. He was so shaken by what he saw that he started screaming, and then wandered dazed around the plaza for a few minutes. Thus began an odyssey for the rest of that afternoon and into the night, featuring reporters, police, FBI, Secret Service, photographic lab technicians, his office staff and family, and more. By the end of that day, he's been interviewed on television, shepherded all over town to get the film developed and printed, 
three copies made with varying processing settings, getting notarized affidavits of authenticity from technicians along the way, and the film gets its first two showings, first in the Dallas Kodak lab to his business partner and a newspaper reporter, and later at home to his wife and son-in-law that night. The next day, he sells the print rights to Life magazine for $50,000, to be followed by an additional $100,000 2 days later for all additional rights. That's at least $1 million in current dollars. By all accounts, the most shocking part, the image that symbolizes the whole day, is what's now known as Frame 313. This is the frame that shows the bullet striking the president's head and pulverizing his skull, a chunk of which flies off. It's a yellowish-reddish burst on the top of his head, obscuring Jackie's face, though her iconic pink jacket and pillbox hat are instantly recognizable behind the gore. It's hard to look at, still, and was seen as so shocking at the time that everybody agreed, from Zapruder to Life magazine's publishers, that it shouldn't be seen on the grounds of dignity and good taste, with seemingly almost no concern at the time for the public's right to know. It wouldn't be widely seen until the first nationwide television airing of the film by Geraldo Rivera, in 1975. That was only the beginning. Over the years, the saga continued as numerous copies and copies of copies and copies of copies of copies are made, and the originals make their way from hand to hand, from the Secret Service to the FBI to the Warren Commission to the National Archives for safekeeping. Time Incorporated, the parent of Life magazine, sold the rights back to the family for a dollar to settle a copyright suit based on the Rivera program. Oliver Stone pays $85,000 to use it in JFK one year before an act of Congress declares the film and other materials to be assassination records and thus official property of the government. The family fights back, but it's seized under eminent domain in 1998, and the family has paid $16 million in compensation. They retain the copyright, however, which they donated to the Sixth Floor Museum, located in the Texas School Book Depository, in 1999. The government copies of the film reside in the National Archives, and the film was placed on the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress in 1994, the same year as Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Manchurian Candidate, and The African Queen. All of this raises a couple of documenty-type questions. With all that copying going on of a celluloid film, perhaps transferred to video, each successive copy will get more and more degraded. So at what point would an nth-generation copy no longer be the Zapruder film? If it was natively digital, this wouldn't be an issue, since any digital copies would likely be perfect. But it might also then be susceptible to even more claims of subtle manipulation. And when does an artifact of any description become so important, so historically relevant, that private ownership is beyond the pale? If a new original manuscript of the Bill of Rights or Gettysburg Address surfaced, would those get seized too? There are other films and images of the assassination, though none as complete, and more might yet emerge. 
According to some sources, at least 32 photographers were taking images around that time. One film surfaced in 2007. And the Sixth Floor Museum says that at least three people remain unidentified, their pictures as yet unseen. And despite, or perhaps because, of all the scrutiny and examination of the Zapruder film, it's a source of controversy itself. Every tiny detail of what it shows or doesn't show, not to mention its decades-long saga, are latched onto to conclusively prove that Oswald acted alone, or to conclusively prove exactly the opposite, with, of course, a segment who believes the film itself to be tampered with, manipulated, or even completely faked. It's evidence of something, to everybody, just not necessarily the same thing. And just think, too, if we didn't have it, if it was never taken, if he never went back to get his camera, would we be better off or worse off? Only two days later, Oswald's shooting on live television by Jack Ruby provided another image, still debated. Since then, more have joined it, from the Rodney King beating, to the emergency plane landing on the Hudson River, to something yesterday, no doubt. The ubiquity of recording devices today and, crucially, also the means of instant sharing mean that fewer phenomena will now go unrecorded. Cell phone videos of plane crashes, tornadoes, explosions, and the like are routine. That's largely to the good, providing evidence and documentation of important events. It also means, however, that new versions of frame 313, once too appalling to be shown, will become more and more commonplace, more and more seen, and likely more disputed in the days and years to come.